Hi, thank you for spending time with us today discussing animal behavior, training, and healthcare. Dogs, cats, horses, we love them all, as do you. My name is Meg Harrison, owner of blackwingfarms.com. I want to welcome you here with three promises. You will, number one, learn something new in every episode. Two, smile at least once. Three, be amazed by the people you will hear sharing on this podcast. Now, get ready to engage. We are live. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. This is fabulous. This is fabulous. Sam, Sam's in the house. Sam White. Yes. We've been waiting. Yeah, we couldn't go on soon enough. We had a. We were talking everybody, and then Sam was just coming up with all these things that we like. Let's go live early. We're a little early, but. I don't want to miss anything Sam has to say and share it with everybody. And this is recorded, so we can go back over. Now, Sam, your last time you were with us a couple of months ago, I've listened to that probably three times now. And every time I listen to it, I hear an entirely different talk. I, I, I don't know if it's where I'm at or what, but it's beautiful. And so, you know, every time I listen, I get a lesson. Um, it, Tess, what was that that Sam said as we were coming on? I Okay. He says animals are great pre-problem solvers. Animals are great. Sam, Sam, I love you so much. (laughs) What is that? Animals are constantly thinking how to achieve something that is worthwhile to them, whether it be, you know, how to play a game, whether it's to how to survive in the wild, how to get their food, you know, whatever else. But they're always thinking ahead, moving ahead, and so they solve problems. And if there's an obstacle, if there's a problem, they figure out a way to solve it or work around it. We, unfortunately, don't have that kind of a mindset. We will see a problem and we might act irrationally to solve it or go around it. We may underanalyze it, overanalyze it. Uh, Many times we just get kind of stuck and say, well, I don't know what to do. And if we'd actually watch our animals, our our companion animals, our dogs, our cats, horses, et cetera, present them with something different and watch them work it out. Now, what do you mean about that? Present them something different. Tell me a little more about that. So I tell people all the time, you know, it's a waste of a dog's brain to have them eating out of a bowl. Okay, Dogs are foragers and scavengers by nature. It goes back, you know, 30, 40,000 years. So if yeah. it's when you present a food dispensing toy of some kind, a Kong wobbler, a snuffle mat, something, and we watch them, we watch the nose, we see the nostrils twitching, we see the eyes examining, we see the ears forward, and as they start to move it or shake it or whatever they have to do, and they see this reward coming out, they're solving the problem. And then as, say, in a Kong wobbler, well, as the food gets to be less inside, it's more difficult. Well, now instead of knocking it around, now they pick it up, they toss it, they throw it, they do it, you know, but they're figuring out things. And this is a perfect time, unfortunately, during this this whole crisis, that we should be engaging our dog's brains that way. Because part of the thing is, honestly, our dogs are sick and tired of seeing us by now. <laughs> yeah. They really are. Because they're doing the same thing every day. People yeah. working at home, they're working at home. And there's kids and the kids are bored and, and actually the dog's bored. Let's give everybody something to do. It's a great way to teach a dog um, a new game. It's a great way to get kids involved in the teaching. Kids are actually many times far better trainers than adults are. 
You know, they don't have their preconceptions. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Right, and they see it as fun. <laughs> they know better about what it takes to actually learn something than we do, because kids sit in school all day. Oh God, tell me about that. What do you mean? Well, yeah, but what do you mean? That big creativity, fun. But yeah, because think of this: you may anybody may have had a subject in school that was not exactly a favorite subject, but if they had a teacher that made it fun, that made it creative, that made it interesting they would learn in spite of themselves not liking the class right yeah but the dog instead of just being very much the you know okay this is what i will do to have my dog sit this is what i will do to have my dog you know whatever it might be engage their brain make it fun you know instead of just using food start to teach different things that you can put together what we call chaining things together take and have a dog follow um uh, a flirt toy and move it all around so they can chase it, but then direct it so that, you know, it has to chase it up onto the couch, under a chair, around the table. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden now we're, oh. we're creating a physical course, right? Okay. Uh, An agility course in the house. Yes. You know, turn around and, and go outside, and, but leave your dog inside, go outside. And, you know, if you have a yard, go hide some treats not a lot you know one here one there you know a few but hide them different yes one's in a bush one may be underneath the garbage can lid one might be on a low-hanging branch in a tree and let your dog go outside and tell them find it and let them go and they'll find the first one and they turn around and look at you and go no find it and they're like we did it. i heard that word again there will be more and then all of a sudden you see them get into this game but let them work it out right? Engage that brain. And the cool part is too, you see when you observe this, what's important to your dog. Oh, wow. Mm, I like that. How, how do we see that? Well, because say in the course of it, all of a sudden your dog stops because, hey, there's a dog walking down the street that he knows and he wants to stop and bark to it. Well, guess uh -huh. what? The, the treat wasn't as important. Ah. You, know, you know, if you have, um, oh. depending on where you are in the country, you know, if you have access to a wooded area, wooded trail, whatever, Put your dog on a long lead. Don't say a word. Just hold way under the long lead and follow your dog. Instead of you directing the walk, follow your dog and watch what they find to be important. Look at what they're sniffing at. Look at what they stop to hear. You know, things like that. Start to see what's as important to your dog because if you can see what's important to your dog, if you can see what motivates your dog, if you can understand what might even scare your dog, right? then you do all these things to enrich their lives. So it's not just, oh, I got to take my dog for a walk. God, I'm so stressed. I'm here at home. You know, the kids are driving me nuts. I'm, my boss is piling on work. All right, come on, let's go for a walk. Meanwhile, you got the phone in the hand or the earbuds in the ear and you're talking to whoever it is. And, and, and meanwhile, your dogs keep turning around, looking at you going, mm -hmm. I'm here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Watch your dog. Forget about the rest of the world for... I don't care, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever it's going to be. Just watch your dog. Talk to your dog. When your dog turns around and looks at you, he's checking in saying, okay, what are we doing next? And you can tell, all right, come on, let's go this way. Or, go ahead, keep walking. I'm going to follow you. I'm following you today. Mm -hmm. It's not about, oh, no, all of a sudden the dog's being the leader. First of all, dogs walk faster than us no matter the size because to them we're sea slugs. We walk slow. Yeah. We, are not, we are not a fast moving. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're following their nose. 
But again, enjoy the walk. It's not about how far you go. It's about the enjoyment of the walk. I have a 13-year-old dog who can barely make it around the block, but it'll take him about an hour to do that because he stops, stops, stops to sniff everything. He's like a CSI investigator, right? <laughs> Whereas my three-year-old Pity, he's like, okay, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And, you know, and he's off and running. So him, you know, my wife takes him out on training runs. You know, he does three to five miles with her. <laughs> you know, but again, you stop and see what every dog. I learned a long time ago from my my now senior dog. When he wants to stop and sniff, let him stop and sniff. Wow, that's yeah. That's what's important to him. It's mm -hmm. about sharing, you know, mutual respect. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people we get so caught up in rush, rush, rush that we forget. Why is the reason we even have a dog in the first place? It's that companionship, that friendship. And now's the time to like reset ourselves to go, okay, what is important to our dog? And I love that you brought that up about taking the time up to sniff around. What's the best thing they, that's all my old dogs ever want to do is take time to sniff around. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are other dogs who are going to be too busy looking for squirrels. But that's yeah, yeah, I've right. got one of those too. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, whatever it is, it's okay. It's not just about us. The world is not centered uh, around us. You know, when you have a companion animal, they're part of the family. Yes. And it's the same thing you would do for your partner, for kids, whatever, relatives in your home, whatever else. You know, everybody figures out how to work together, how to live together. So we figure out what's important to each person, each animal, right? And we live better. And this is a tough time. I mean, people are stressed to the nth degree. And our animals are stressed to the nth degree. They were happy when this started. Now they're getting to be like, uh, okay, you know, somebody go do something. Get out of the house. Get, you know, let me get back to my routine. And. Oh, yeah, Sam. You know. and, and, right, right. And, and one thing that, you know. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch, I'm going to pitch for, you know, in a crisis because usually in a crisis we're there, we're evacuating and we're leaving. Right. right. But now we're stuck in the crisis. We're here. This is the crisis is staying at home. Mm -hmm. And for so much of so many of us, it's a reset and we we don't like it. And we're putting that on them, as you say. So one of the things that I've started doing concentrating on with, of course, with black wing farms is that we can, avoid problems, but we can also, we can take it from here. We can change this environment because we can help change the way they're thinking about this environment. That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Free problem solving. Yeah, back to the dog. Oh my, oh, bless your heart. I've never had a better compliment for Blackwing. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. So Meg, we were talking about asking Sam about what what we can plan on doing now from this point on. And, and when we do get back into um, our old normal, maybe, which is the new normal, when, when parents at our home now with all this attention and their families and their dogs, once they leave the house again, um, is this gonna be a big change for our dogs mentally, what they're gonna expect from us uh, going forward? And how do we work with that? Yeah from everything that is being discussed among trainers and veterinary behaviorists and, and applied animal behaviorists around the world, we expect that yes, there will be problems for some dogs. Uh, they're not gonna understand how all of a sudden they went from being you know, in to a total immersion with their person mm -hmm. to back to a routine. One of the things that, that I'm asking my clients to do is 
think back a few months ago, whatever your regular routine was, write it down and see if you can start to implement some form of that into your everyday life. Okay. So if you left the house at nine o'clock, okay, you can't go out and hang out with people. You can go out and get in your car, mm -hmm. five or 10 minutes, oh. you know, take stock of your morning, uh, answer some emails on your phone or tablet or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, go back inside, you know, and hey, bud, how are you? And go back to doing your work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with everybody, just start to do that. Because one thing we are finding is the dogs are losing their ability to have some some space. Uh, especially for the families with kids, mm. you know, and, and the dog, they, they need space. They're used to, okay, kids go to school. I can just chill out here at home. Nobody bothers me. The kids come home. We play, I eat. They're going to go do homework, whatever. I get some more space and time, but right now they haven't had it. And I'm getting calls from people whose dogs are getting really grouchy, growly, barky mm -hmm. at either them or their children or whoever it is that they happen to be quarantining with. And part of the problem, the same with people, is there's not enough space. Let's talk about that because, you know, we, we too, you know, and we addressed that with uh, Jennifer King from North Carolina just a couple of days ago. So can you help us now uh, with that escalating behavior and what I said, either interrupting it or avoiding it? Uh, um, you know, what, what can a family do if they're seeing that already, the growling mm -hmm. and the barking and maybe even mm -hmm. air snapping? So, yeah. Well, again, pre-problem. Pre-problem solving. Okay, we know right. that there is a problem already. This is what's happening, right? Right. right. So, mm -hmm. How do we create space? Well, you know, we talk to everybody in the family. And, you know, during a certain time of day, if the dog is sleeping, like the old saying says, let sleeping dogs lie. Okay. You know, we're going to take the dog outside, but not necessarily to play. Let's just go outside if you have a fenced-in yard where you can go outside, hang out with the dog. And if the dog wants to go lay in the back of the yard under the sun, don't bother it. Um, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing about any, when a dog barks, growls, gets grouchy, air snaps, lunges, they're trying to create distance. Yeah. They bothers them to go away. Right. And, and so, and it's, listen, we have parents saying the same thing, you know, oh, I'm trying to work, you know, the kids, they're all over me. I'm bored and this and everything else. Well, it, it, again, it's no different. The species are no different. Two social species in very, very tight confines, right? Mm -hmm. They're getting on each other's nerves. The third thing. How, do, how do we rec what? Go ahead. Go adults ahead. create space and time for themselves, time for themselves and their children, time for themselves and their companion animal, and then time for just the adults, time where the kids are just for kids and times where the dog or the cat or whatever you have just has a chance to be by itself, not being bothered. What, what I was going to ask about was, you know, um, I know that, you know, I, I always say I love a good growl. I love a good growl. That is telling me all kinds of stuff. But yes. what do we do? Because the, the growl normally or um, usually is punished. So how do we, um, what do we, looking for before the growl again i'm going back into what are we what else are we looking for are we looking for a side turn are we looking for yeah there's, there's a lot of really good information now on on different sites whether uh, victoria stowell site whether whole dog journal uh pat miller you know gene donaldson pat mcconnell whoever that talk about 
uh, canine body language, facial expression, and tail movement. A lot of dogs will give a nonverbal cue because that their fourth continuum. It starts with turning the head away, getting up and walking away, hearing a or a right. They're going, oh God, okay. I'm just, I'm trying. I'm really trying to tolerate this human, but they're really getting on my nerves, right? And so they will continue up that ladder. And usually by the time we hear the growl or that really deep bark. You know, they've already moved a few steps up because they've given that that visual. And as humans, to us, it's a foreign language. We don't pay attention. We don't understand it. And then when a dog barks or growls, we were like, no, don't do that. Oh, that's wrong. Oh, my dog's being bad. Meanwhile, your dog, oh, God, the humans are killing me. They're just killing yeah. me. Um, so it, right now, this is a great time for people to find some information on, on the on the web where they can read about canine body language what a growl means, it's sort of, there's simple stuff. There's some great things out there. Um, Sophia Yin has them on her site. I, I just wrote down Dr. Yin. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. She has some great, great, um, like little posters. Which She's got the charts, right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so people can look boogie. at it. Boogie, the boogie. Yes. Remember Boogie? That's the dog's name on the charts, Dr. Sophia Yin. And that, that's what I was also thinking was, how can we show the children? This is what you're looking for. Because, you know, my, yeah. Mm -hmm. because on there, with, she has all yeah. of those. And it's and there's ones like, you know, for children and dogs when they interact, you know, right. the correct way to pet a dog, um, how to greet a dog. What you know, when, it, when the, the great thing with Boogie is it shows all these different postures and facial mm -hmm. expressions and then simply what they are. So whether you are, you know, th three years old or whether you're 100 years old, you can look at that and go, oh, my dog does that. Oh, that's what that means. And it's, it's that, like, you know, that yeah, good to bring up the seniors, mm -hmm. too, because the seniors often they can't help but stare, you right. know. The seniors that are sitting there either, you know, possibly in a wheelchair, but that's all they can do is they can say, so again, yeah, yeah. So for the population who cannot yet control, you know, what they're doing or saying or looking. Right. Yeah. It all comes back to this communication. Two-way communication is the single most effective tool between any species. Right. Yeah. Um I can tell you as a police officer, you know, we'd respond to domestic arguments that are going on between two people. And the first thing was to pull them aside separately, discuss what's going on, figure out what's going on. But then when we bring them back together. It's like, okay, wait a minute. There's this person's side. There's this person's side. Well, what's it really all about? Did you actually talk about the issue? Communication, effective two-way communication. Same thing with our dogs. If you don't know what your dog is telling you, if you don't know what your dog is showing you, then how do you know if you're doing the best you can for your dog? Okay, tell tell me more. What do you what do you tell me? If you if you, you don't mean? understand when a dog wants some space, if you don't understand when a dog oh. is is comfortable with something, if they're uncomfortable with something, if you don't know those things. How can you possibly give your dog the best life that you want to give them? Because as I say, if we have an animal in our home, it's because we love being in contact with mm -hmm. our companion animal, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Part of that is we want them to understand us, but that goes two ways. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's why when we teach even basic, simple skills like a, a, a sit or a down, for me and for so many other trainers, 
in the beginning, all we're doing is teaching a hand signal because the visual cue is something that they're more attuned to. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And the same thing with people. They mimic what we do. They also look at our face. They look at our hands. They look at our body language. They know when we're holding a leash tight or looser and all those things. So they they actually understand more about us than we do mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. it's the time for people to learn about that. It's not hard. It's just having those very simple handouts or posters where they can go, oh, I know what that means now. Oh, I know what to do now. And, and I just had people calling me up, you know, my dog now, you know, they, my kids love to hug my dog. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Dogs are not huggers. In their world, they don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all of a sudden, you know, my two-year-old keeps reaching Ooh. my dog head to pet my dog and the dog keeps shying away. Oh. Right? Well, the dog is saying they're not comfortable with that because in their world, something reaching over their head or over their neck is, is considered a threat. This is very threatening. But they're very tolerant. And they're more tolerant of us than we are of them. Yeah. Now we have to ask people to reset how they think. This is an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly stressful, tense, scary time. Yeah. So yeah. make things simpler. Instead of making it more difficult, make things simpler. Learn how your dog yeah. talks to you. Slow down what you're doing. We always say slow down, calm down. Mm -hmm. right? Good. Good. This is the time to do it because... As we get more tense, our ability to think rationally, logically, starts to wane because of, ten of that, that tension. And tension is fear. And a fear-based behavior does not always provoke a proper response, whether it's a dog or us or anybody mm -hmm. else. So this is where it's hard to go, okay, slow down. Let me take a breath. One of the fun things to do is to take your dog for a walk and sing to him on a walk. Wow. So sing think about to him. If you sing to him and you got a bad voice, you're going to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Sing to him and you have a good voice, you'll enjoy it. But either way, you're going to be breathing normally. You're not going to be thinking about all the other tensions in the world at that moment in time. Your dog could care less what the song is. But what it knows is that the leash is being held loosely. The dog is getting the sniff. Their person is obviously in a better place. And so by the time the walk is over, yeah, you have to get back to work, house, kids, whatever it might be, your partner. But you go back to it, you had a chance to slow down and calm down. Mm -hmm. It's good for Sam, both of you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, let's do part three soon. Because okay. ending, ending right there, ending on a, on a beautiful high note, pardon the pun, but that was wonderful. I am, I'm chill now. So one, uh, two things. Uh, yep. First of all, how do we get in touch with you? And then what is your upcoming next event? Give, no give us a shout out. How do we get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me through my website. Pretty simple. Theinnerdog.com. All right. Okay. I'm in the process of rebuilding it. Most of it is done. So all the basic information's there. Okay. Uh, through me on my Facebook page, The Inner Dog. And then this Sunday at two o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, this Sunday. What's this the yeah. date this Sunday? April nineteenth. Uh, April nineteenth. Yeah, April nineteenth. Two o'clock Eastern time. Okay. Um, we are. I'm very lucky to be part of a great team of trainers uh, who all do work with Victoria Stillwell, and so we are going to be having our second live Zoom and Facebook event where 
I think about 15 of us from the United States, all over the US, as well as the UK, and possibly even some of our Australian counterparts will be on taking questions live about wow. anything and everything you can come up with. We're on for about an hour and a half. Uh, we had about 11,000 people on with us the last time through Facebook and Zoom. We try to answer as many as we can. Uh, all the information for each trainer is going to be up for anybody who joins mm -hmm. us. You want to follow up if you have other additional questions you want to have a virtual consult or virtual training of any kind you can do that but um, it's a lot of fun it is really wow. really i'm and excited i'll be there at the end of it so if you, if you sign up um and you register well, it's a free, it's free okay but if you want to be okay. part of it on zoom um and if you sign up through uh, the the link that's out there when it's all said and done you'll get emailed to you a recap of everything that was talked about. Oh, wow. Right. With trainers who answered specific questions and whatever. So it makes it even easier for a follow-up or just even have a reference for what, you know, what was being discussed. Plus it's- Wow. Br brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, Sam, today you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, and then you will be on the newest, you'll be the first one for our podcast called Animals Inside Out. Cool. I like that. I know. I know. You are it, Sam. You know, I, you you know, know you should have one? What? Go ahead. What? So, you know you should have one? Alexandra what? Horowitz. Alexandra. Alexandra Horowitz. She wrote the book Inside of a Dog. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, I've read yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. That you're naming your podcast that way because that's. Oh, because she gets that, huh? All right. Um, Alexandra, um, I'll send you sent me, Sam. Yeah. I'll yeah. say you sent because this is the way it works. You know, I met you through Sherry Woodard. Yep. We met Caden Seal. We mm -hmm. met um, uh, Carly Fawn, Dr. Fawn. So yeah, um, uh, and and PPG again, a big shout out. Have has that been figured out? That conference been figured out yet? No. For the fall. Okay, we, but it's in the works. We trying have, to we have a virtual or yeah. Yes, and by the way, uh, coming up here in May, in the first week in May for three days, and I forget the days offhand. Uh, what would normally be the dog behavior conference over in the UK oh, is, yeah. now, is now virtual. Mm -hmm. Anybody in the world can sign up for it. It's Get three, out. Days, three days and it's 125 bucks for three days, breakout sessions, all kinds of stuff. And it's all going to be recorded. So you have access to it if you sign up forever and ever and ever as well. And all I, right, so that's the first week in May. Anybody can sign up. That is so cool. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Oh my God. And get all the sessions. Oh my uh -huh. God. So Sam, um, what's the name of that organization? Uh, it's the uh, Dog Behavior Conference. That's all right. We can, we can put here. that up later. Yeah, we'll yeah. put it up. Yeah, I'll find yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for everybody. Oh, that's so everybody, right, right. everybody. Interest in a dog, cat, whatever, because these are people, literally, these are our, our researchers, scientists, veterinary yes. behaviorists wow, yeah. all over the world who are going to be presenting. Uh, that oh, is God. fabulous news. So oh, much God, good information. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. You know, thousands and thousands. I think oh, yeah. I, I figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. I figured out one year it would cost me almost 6000 to do it. So, yeah, this is amazing. I think that, too, we see the generosity in people. And, and yeah, and 
and the and the kindness and let's make this available and let's work together and uh, it it's been it's been a fabulously bad experience. Well, but you know what? See what it's doing. People mm -hmm. are bringing out the best. Problem solving. Absolutely. And yeah. bringing out the best in us. I mean, I see that all the time, you know, on a fire line, you know, it brings out the best of us. Um, and one more is uh, Robin. Do you remember Robin used to be president of um, uh, Association of Professional oh. Dog Trainers? She's doing something, I believe, April 19th, 20th, uh, through her doggurus.com. Mm -hmm. And there's a, uh, a one or two day. And um, yeah, and so I'm going to upload my presentation. And then we're going to do a live Q&A for a half hour. So, um, yeah, again, doggurus.com. So, yeah, we're all doing it. Sam, thank you. Part three. You guys, Meg, Tess, thank you so much. Thank you. You guys. You guys. Yeah, you family. have a treasure chest of information. Love you. Thank you, Sam. Be well. Thank you. Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks, Tess. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stay home and be well. We hope you enjoyed yourself and learned something new to share with your friends. Get in touch through this podcast or at blackwingfarms.com and let us know how we can help you or one of your precious animals. Please subscribe. We're new here and need the numbers. Explore Blackwing Farms for more information about using natural remedies and techniques to improve behavioral health in all situations. If you shop, use a discount code Animals Inside Out at checkout. One word, same as this podcast. Animals Inside Out. Until next time, take care and remember to play.